0: And now it's time for one of the top Realtors in the Triangle, Angie Cole and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. All right, Angie, I think it's, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Really important to choose wisely when you're looking for that real estate agent. You want to make sure the agent is qualified. You also want to make sure you're a good fit for one another. So we're continuing our sort of series that we've spread out over the last month or so about interviewing your real estate agent. Some of the great questions that you can pose to an agent to find out if they'll be a great fit for you. I think another great question to ask, and this is definitely a good one, is do you have any references you can provide Agents should pretty much have those like ready to go, right?
1: Sure. I mean, I I think that's a great question to ask. What I would do is maybe dig deeper beyond that, though, just like if someone was interviewing for a job. I know they tell us or just some coaching advice I've received is to dig deeper. Go three deep. Meaning, of course, the candidate that you're interviewing is going to give you only the best Mm -hmm. reference, right? Right. So go deeper, you know, ask that reference if they know of someone that's worked with the real estate agent, Hmm. you know, and dig deeper and dig deeper, more will come about as far as previous transactions that that agent has had with other clients. Because once again, the first reference that is given is typically going to be amazing. I mean, Mm -hmm. why would, you know, that reference ever say anything bad if they were asked to give a reference, right? So, yes, our team, we have a lot of past clients. I would love to give happy references, Mm -hmm. but I would really say to dig deeper beyond that, you know, I would also go online and look at testimonials online. You know, a lot of times when someone's had a bad experience, they take the time to write it online, (laughs) don't they? You know, I've had some experiences where clients have stated they do not want to build with a particular builder because they read the reviews online. Well, because of course, you know, and it's unfortunate, but a lot of clients will go online only to write something if it's been a bad experience and not right. a positive experience. But for example, if you go to Zillow and you look up Angie Cole, A Cole Realty, you will see that we have over 200 plus five star reviews now. Mm-hmm. And so that goes to show you that, you know, yeah, we can't please everyone. You know, no one can ever please everyone, but 99.9% of the people that we work with are super happy with our experience.
0: Yeah. That's pretty neat to see that, you know, knowing how the overreaction is typically on the negative side, that's where people will just really will start, you know, blasting somebody online. He will, unfortunately. So to accumulate more than two hundred five star reviews is pretty impressive yeah. um, and pretty cool. And I know something that you guys are really proud about. Again, you can read those reviews of Angie online by going to Zillow.com. Just search Angie's name and boom, right there, you can read all of those different reviews. And they're not just like, good experience. No, like people get detailed about like what they liked about the process, what the challenges they had were, how they were overcome, their meaty reviews, which is kind of nice.
1: Yeah. And I would, you know, if you do decide to call references, I would, you know, have a list of questions that are important to you. You know, think about what is most important about either your buying or your selling experience, you know, that you want to make sure is fulfilled. So make sure that you ask direct questions to, you know, that, previous client that you're reaching out to other than just, well, how was your experience? Because, of course, they'll just say, good, you know, great. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if communication is very important to you, if the marketing end is very important to you, make sure you're getting specific with the questions to really dig deep.
0: It's a great question. And uh, it's really important to ask these kinds of things to an agent that you might interview. I think another one here, Angie, that we should throw out is, what will it cost me to sell this property and I guess if you don't get a clear answer on that question, that would be a big red flag, right?
1: Yeah, of course. Because, I mean, most sellers, you know, what's most important to them is what their bottom net will be.
0: Right. Well, but so much focus is just on the price the of price. the home sold. I,
1: and that's something that you're right. Sellers get so hung up on, well, what can you sell my home for? You know, but it's important that, you know, if I sell your home at 250000 and, you know, and I charge X percent, you know, commission, but then I sell your home at Two hundred seventy-five thousand, but now my commission rate just went up an additional five percent well that's a big difference in your bottom net so you know make sure that the agent that you're interviewing is providing you with a net proceeds sheet um mm-hmm. you don't know how many times i've been on a listing presentation and i've been up against another agent in our market and i go to show them our net proceeds sheet at the very end of our conversation they're like wow i didn't know that i had to pay tax revenue stamps Wow, I had no idea that I might need to pay HOA transfer fee wow, I had no idea that I might need to pay for um, a termite inspection if it's a VA loan. You know, there's so many missed discussions that I see that, you know, sellers have with agents that they're interviewing. And those items are really important because, you know, you you approach closing and all of a sudden you are in the negative by a couple thousand, Mm. you know, than what you were expecting to make. And that's a big deal. So make sure that the agent is really giving you a breakdown of selling costs of all the costs that you will incur to sell your home.
0: That's really important. Yeah, because if an agent basically just kind of shows you that breakdown or not even breakdown, that's overstating it, but just sort of price of the home minus commission and that's it, it's going to look like a pretty rosy picture yeah. compared to uh, the realistic view of, well, you have these costs, these fees are all going to be thrown into it. Sure. Let's attack it on the front end and not have it be kind of a hidden thing that comes in at the end.
1: Exactly. Just like a buyer when they close on a home, you know, buyer closing costs. You know, there's a lot that's included, lender fees, attorney fees, Mm -hmm. you know, pro- escrows, you know, same thing on the seller side, you know, you have a seller doc prep fee, yeah. you know, like I said, the tax revenue stamps, you have your prorated taxes, maybe prorated HOAs, you know, HOA transfer fee. So there's more that comes about with selling your home other than, than just this is your sales price and yeah. this is a commission rate.
0: So the key word there is net proceeds.
1: Net proceeds mm-hmm. sheet. Yes, okay. most definitely.
0: Another great question to ask your potential real estate agent, how will you communicate with us, I think that's really important because there's so many different expectations and levels of communication.
1: And I think the the key word there, like you just said, is expectation. You know, and that's something that when I'm sitting in front of a a potential you know client or seller, you know, I tell them what I plan to do but i need to also understand what what their expectation of me is so for example you know with our team we're big on giving you know weekly updates mm-hmm. you know even if there's no update to give let's still give an update but you know what if that's not good enough for the seller we need to know that because we will be dropping the ball although we think we're doing great on our end mm-hmm. by giving our weekly update If the seller expects more, then we need to give them more. You know, on the flip side, if they don't want an update that often, if we start to be a hindrance and we just start to get annoying with all of our updates, we want to know that too. So (laughs) what are the expectations? Also, you know, do they prefer a phone call? Do they prefer email? Mm. Do they prefer text messaging? So what is, you know, understood type of communication that will be brought about? Are they, you know, wanting a weekly market update. So there's just, you can really dig deep into that. So really understanding the communication throughout the process. Also if, you know, who will be the main point of contact? Mm -hmm. Will it be the agent you're meeting with or will it be their team? You know, our team is a team, meaning you will work with different agents throughout the process of the transaction. But the great thing about that is, you know, I'm busy. So if you're always waiting on me to get an update, I'm going to be delayed on getting those updates. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're always waiting on me to, you know, get the signage out there, the photography ordered, all that good stuff, it won't get done in a timely manner. So it's great that we are like a well old machine where we have individuals that are helping out throughout the process. But again, that's setting expectations. So we had that discussion up front that, Hey, when you go to contract to close, you'll be working directly with our closing coordinator. Although I can still be your first main point of contact, they handle things in the back end. So just understand who you'll be working with throughout the process as well.
0: Have you had anybody request that you communicate with them via smoke signals yet?
1: Uh, all the time. No, just joking. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, we've got a burn. Send me a fax. We've got a burn barrel out back where we send yeah. up the purple, the purple smoke. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: only funny. in bad situations.
0: There you go. All right, two more questions for you about interviewing an agent, and these may be quick. It's more, actually, I think I have a question for you of, are these important questions to ask? I think all the previous ones were important to ask. I'm curious if these are as important. What about designations? Some industries, you're kind of looking for what's on the back end of the, somebody's name, you know, like the doctors or financial professionals. Are you a CFP or those kinds of things? What about real estate designations? Are they that important?
1: I mean, I I know maybe the real estate commission might get upset that I'm saying this, but I think it's comical, to be honest with you. I feel like back in the day, that was a biggie. It was whoever had almost the longest name with all of these designations must be the best agent in the area. But I've often have seen where, you know, I see an individual agent that has five designations and they sell two homes a year. Hmm. You know, so it's just like, any type of profession you go and you sit in those classes but until you are hands on, I would not say that you are the expert in that field. You can learn, learn, learn all day, but you need to be actually in the field doing the work. Mm-hmm. And so, same thing with a real estate agent. You know, I could sit in class and get you know twenty different designations, right? But and
0: some of these can't they just be earned in like one weekend? They, so they're, oh, yeah, they're really some not of them are just like a, that much. oh
1: yeah, a, a class. I mean, it's not like something you go through for years on end. Mm-hmm. You know, and same thing goes with getting a real estate license. It's amazing. You know, you get your real estate license license and then you step out into the real world, you don't even know how to pull comparables. Mm -hmm. You don't even know how to write a contract. You know, I always joke that the real estate class is to keep you out of real estate jail, you know, but it's not really teaching you how to practice. So same thing with the designations. You know, yeah, they're great. But I would start asking further questions as far as, okay, what are your unit Mm -hmm. sales? What is your volume? To see how active that potential agent is within our market.
0: Focus on some of these other things, definitely. Uh, One last real quick question. And is this a good question to ask as well to an agent? In what neighborhoods do you primarily work?
1: You know, I feel like that's getting very specific and particular for the triangle market. Mm -hmm. You know, if you worked in, you know, in New York, in the city, You know, I bet those agents know every single street, every single development happening because they cover not even a quarter, you know, mile radius. I mean, they're just centralized. They're really focused in on that specific niche. In our market, you know, we go about an hour radius. Now, should I be familiar, you know, with areas? Should I know information for sure? But I could tell you right now, if you mention heritage of Wake Forest, I do not know every single street within that neighborhood. Now, should I I know of that neighborhood of course cuz it's a well-known huge neighborhood in Wake Forest but will I know every single specific, you know, detail about it? No. I think that's being a little unrealistic for a mm-hmm. seller or for a buyer client to expect that of an agent in our market just because we do help a vast, you know, range of style of homes and locations.
0: It seems to me like if someone's presenting themselves as like, hey, I'm the expert on this neighborhood, it's not so much a competitive advantage that's their marketing approach. Is that um, a good way to look at know, it? You know,
1: they might be the expert for that particular neighborhood probably because they live in there or they right. really have just sold a lot of lot of homes. So maybe they are the true expert of that neighborhood. But beyond that one neighborhood, they're probably not an expert at many others, you know? Right. And if their business is only concentrated on that one neighborhood, They're probably not doing that many sales either because there's not but so many homes to sell, you know, within probably that specific neighborhood. So, yeah, you know, I I do feel like every agent is probably more, I guess, well-versed in a specific area. But, you know, just because I know maybe this one neighborhood better than another doesn't mean that I still can't sell the other neighborhood. Because it really boils down to, you know, the marketing, the efforts, you know, what's being done to market the home to get buyers into your home, not knowing what street is what. And so if you are thinking about selling your home and you want to get an idea of what your home is worth in today's market, um, it's always a great way to start off because, you know, what's most important normally is, hey, what's going to be my bottom net when it's all said and done? But to get an idea of what your home would go for in today's market, go ahead and text the word listing to the phone number 555-888. So on your smartphone, just text the word listing to the phone number 555 888 and make sure you don't stop there because we will send you back a text with a link. Make sure that you click the link and you need to input your address. Otherwise, of course, we can't give you an idea of what your home would be worth in today's market. So go ahead and again, text the word listing to the phone number, 555 888.
0: If you're thinking about selling anytime in the near future, it's a great first step to take. All you have to do is send that text. The word is listing, put that in the message and send it to the number 555. 555- What will happen is you'll get that text right back from us with a link that you click on, put in your home's information, and you'll get that estimate on your home value if you were to sell in today's market uh, the potential value of your home. It's a great first step, great first estimate to get to kind of start the process and get the ball rolling and kind of just inform you, right? Information is power. It's good information to have to see, all right, what would the home potentially sell for in today's market if we were to list it today? It's a great question to get answered. And you can do it right from your smartphone, again, by texting the word listing to 555-888. If you're not a texter, and you just want to call Angie and talk to her over the phone about your situation, the number to dial is 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. More coming up. This is the Savvy Realtor with Angie Cole. Thanks for listening. Let's shine a little light on some of the Triangle's best areas right here on the Neighborhood Spotlight. It's the Neighborhood Spotlight on the Savvy Realtor. We feature a great nook and cranny of the Triangle and tell you a little bit about a particular neighborhood, all the neat things that you need to know about it. We turn to one of the Triangle's experts when it comes to real estate here in the Triangle, Angie Cole of A. Cole Realty. Angie, what's this week's featured neighborhood?
1: So, this week's featured neighborhood, um, I thought I would go ahead and talk a little bit more about our feature listing of the week, which is located in the manors at Old Lead Mine. So, our featured neighborhood spotlight is the manors at Old Lead Mine, which is right off of Old Lead Mine Road in North Raleigh. So, easy enough as far as realizing where it's located. This is a brand new neighborhood. They started building in 2016. They have just a few lots available. So, still actively building in this neighborhood. This whole neighborhood is built by Pulte Homes. They are a wonderful national builder and they have amazing options and upgrades and just quality homes as well. Mm-hmm. The square footage, they range anywhere from about 2,300 up to 3,800 square feet. Price point is starts in the 480s all the way up to the 700s. All of the homes have a two car garage, and they are all of the main living area as far as like a ranch plans, where the master bedroom and additional bedrooms are on the main floor. Some of the homes also have a bonus room, maybe on a second floor, but more of a one floor living. It's great in this neighborhood, too, because the HOA covers the landscaping. Oh, so that's nice. it's a low maintenance neighborhood. That's why um, all the
0: homes look so nice outside. Yes,
1: they're all well maintained <laughs> by the HOA. You don't have that one neighbor who is in uh, up to keeping their lot just as nice as the others. Yeah, so, you know, you get the low maintenance, you get the one floor living, and it is a brand new neighborhood. So it's great when you buy a brand new home because you get all of the wonderful builder warranties that go along with it. But if you are thinking about maybe moving into this neighborhood, or maybe you're thinking about selling, you've been in this neighborhood for a few years and you're thinking about resale, feel free to reach out to us to understand the value of your home or to ask some more questions. You can give us a call at 919 8-3-1-2-8. So, once again, our neighborhood spotlight is the Manners at Old Lead Mine, and we would definitely love to answer any questions you might have about this specific community.
0: Am I right that saying that there's like a, there's its own little park in, in the Manners at Old Lead Mine, or is that just a piece of property that has like a whole bunch of land?
1: Yeah, so it's more of like um, a pocket park. Um, okay. And so there are some walk in trails going around the neighborhood as well. Yeah, it looks um, So really it's nice. just a, a cute, cute area.
0: Mm. Yep, it's uh, in a great spot, too. I mean, you've just got so many restaurants and uh, places to go and all your shopping oh, right yeah. there at uh, Six Forks and Strickland. That area is just, you know, very popular and a, a really cool area to be in.
1: Right, you're exactly right. You're right in between, yeah, Six Forks Road and then also Leadmine-Creamore area. So in North Raleigh, you know, within minutes of Crabtree Valley Mall. So it's a centralized location for sure.
0: We're not too far. That's probably our most popular, you know, we just recently moved to Raleigh. That's probably our most popular spot to go to as uh-huh. we're kind of just it's the nearest shopping center to where we are yeah uh, just on the north side of 40 but off of six forks and uh we were there for like a whole two months before we realized that there was a whole foods and oh, a panera yeah. and all that it's kind of hidden off to the corner there so we'd been driving past it this whole time and then all of a sudden we noodled back there when they were like there's a whole foods right here right oh,
1: yeah <laughs> at six forks and um strickland right there yep. at the intersection yep. oh yeah there's everything there's a PetSmart, there's starbucks there's a lowe's and then on the opposite side like you mentioned the whole foods and then a whole nother little shopping center of nails and you yep. know everything you need. They yep. packed
0: a lot right into that little they spot. They sure did. We'd been blown by the Whole Real Foods for, for two whole months and didn't even realize it was there. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. All right. So if you want more information on this neighborhood or if you're in that neighborhood or anywhere else in the triangle, you are thinking about selling in the near future. We do encourage you to reach out to Angie Cole and the team at A. Cole Realty to talk about your buying or selling situation. They can help you walk through that process and make sure that you get top dollar for your home or that you find the right home for your situation. is the number to call. That's 919-578-3128. Stay right there. That's the Neighborhood Spotlight. And this is the Savvy Realtor with Angie Cole. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Skyler says, I think we're just going to sell our home on our own, but my husband is nervous. We might not be thinking this through. Can you tell us any horror stories of people who have done for sale by owners before? What's the success rate for most FSBOs?
1: Yeah, Skylar, that's a a great, great question. We have, um, I heard of a situation just recently where a for sale by owner, so the seller, accepted an offer on their home and come to find out the prequal letter was for a USDA loan only and the seller's home does not fall in a USDA area. Oops. So a waste of everyone's time and, you know, that's just where if that for sale by owner had an agent vetting the contracts and the prequal letters, they would have known that, you know, that's great, this person wants to buy your home, but they're really not truly qualified to buy it. So um, it's important to really understand the market and all of the details, the contract paperwork, you know, to make sure that you can make it to closing in the first place. You know, as far as success rate, you know, to me, it's not so much of, okay, how many for sale by owner homes actually close. But it's, are they truly getting top dollar? And so I would say probably about, don't hold me to this, probably about 85% of for sale by owner homes do close. But the problem is, is they're not getting top dollar when it comes to closing. And the reason being is when you are for sale by owner, you are not reaching all of the different marketing avenues to drive the most traffic to your home. And, you know, there is a direct correlation between your sales price and the traffic coming in the door. So the more marketing an agent does for you, the more showings they get, the quicker they'll get an offer, and then they'll get a highest price point for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with a for sale by owner, you know, it can be really iffy. And there's been many situations, and I hear it even on my team, where they have a client who wants to see a a Mm Fisbo, and the agents are like, oh, man, and it's not that they wouldn't receive commission. It's they know that they will have to do all the work for the mm-hmm. pretty much the seller, too. It almost seems like because the seller, the FISBO, is just completely clueless when it comes to a real estate transaction. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like hand holding them as well. I mean, within yeah. reason, because of course, we're representing our client but um i know when we were
0: buying we pretty much shunned for sale by owner We shied away from it yeah because we just like ah it's gonna come with a lot of headaches and it wasn't so much like oh our realtor is gonna have to work harder for it it was just more like "Ah, we want it to be a sure thing we want it we we want to kind of play within the rules and we just it just seemed like it would be an uncomfortable and long process if we went that route so unless it was a whopper of a great deal we just really were like, eh, not worth the time and mm-hmm. energy invested in it, you know? Well,
1: and a lot of times, you know, the mindset will be, well, if they're doing a for sale by owner, a FISBO, you know, they are doing that to save money. So they're probably tighter on money. So then once we go a contract and we start negotiating repairs, are they going to be reasonable? Also, having an agent that's kind of the middle person is always great and important too because whenever it comes to buying or selling a home, it's very emotional, you know? Mm-hmm. And so emotions get get in the way. So when there's another agent, a listing agent that is, you know, educating their seller on the process on just, you know, things throughout the transaction, it really helps a whole negotiation process. It really just helps, you know, from contract to close as well. So working directly with a a Fisbo can be really, really difficult.
0: I know there probably aren't stats out there that exist to back up this claim because they're all private sales. Right. But I would imagine that for sale by owners also take longer.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, Mm -hmm. because once again, I mean, there's a direct correlation with sales price versus the traffic you're getting in your door. So if you're not able to reach all those different marketing avenues that an agent could do for you, and not every agent does all those marketing avenues, but the top real estate agents who do the top marketing, you know, they're getting people in the door a lot quicker, potential buyers. And so days on the market will be lower too, where with a for sale by owner, you know, days on the market will definitely be longer. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And so, if you are considering a, a FISBO, if you're thinking about, you know, selling your home on your own take the step and at least sit down with us for a listing presentation. You know, there is no obligation with doing it, but just listen to what we have to say to really truly understand what all we would do for you when representing you. Because even though you are paying, you know, a commission to us to represent you, we always will make you more money than what you would have made on your own if you did a for sale by owner. So, but if you are thinking about selling your home and you want to get started by just understanding what your home is worth in today's market, you. You can go ahead and on your smartphone you can send us a text. So you can text the word listing to the phone number five 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 eight 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 And from there, we will send you a text. Make sure that you do click the link and input your address. And from there, again, we can give you an idea of what your home is worth. So if you're thinking about selling your home, a great way to get started is by texting the word listing to the phone number 555-888.
0: You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole.